You're listening to the Passion Daily Podcast. Today's short scripture reflection comes from Pastor Ben Stewart. Welcome to session four of How to Kill a Bad Habit. Uh, One of my favorite authors of all time is John Owen, the Puritan theologian. He wrote so many books on what we're talking about, how to kill a bad habit, how to fight a temptation, how to do what we're here to do. Uh, And his work had a profound impact on my life. I named my son Owen. And one of the great gifts he gave us, one of the best tools to fight against a bad habit is what he called loading the conscience with guilt. And I remember when I first read that, load the conscience with guilt, I thought, that sounds wrong. Like, that doesn't sound like something someone should do at all. But then I realized, oh, he wrote a long time ago. Maybe there's a language barrier here. What exactly does he mean? And as I read what he meant in his book, he was talking about, before you engage in a behavior, consider all the negative outcomes downstream. And if you don't want those outcomes, then don't put in this input. And I thought, now that makes sense. And that's our next challenge. Before you engage in a temptation, look downstream and say, if I make this decision, it's going to lead to a destination. If I jump in this boat, it's going to take me downstream. And do I want to go there? And if I don't want to go there, let me not do this here. One of the best ways to fight temptation is to load the mind with guilt, as John Owen said, or what I would say is paddle downstream. Before you engage in a temptation, look at its destruction. James helps us with this in James chapter 1, verse 14. He says, but each person is tempted when he's lured and enticed by his own desire. That's the power of temptation is it's enticing. It sounds good. It's not asking you to do something that feels crazy. It's, it's getting your mind's attention and stirring your affection to do something that will produce pleasure. And yet James says, but as it allures you, look past it. And say, so when that desire conceives, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. It's interesting in Greek, uh, nouns can have a masculine or feminine aspect, and he's playing with the feminine aspect of the word desire. He says, when you unite your will with your desire, when you consummate with that temptation, she gives birth to a baby called sin. And when sin grows up, she gives birth to a baby called death. It's a disturbing image that birth is supposed to be exciting. It's literally the presence of life. And he says, when you unite with desire, which feels good, be careful because she's going to have a baby downstream called death, the absence of life. And he says, if you can get your mind there, it might help you make a different decision back here. I know for me, when I first catastrophically hurt my back, it was kind of a question, would I be able to walk? And one of my doctors said, you know, there's a lot of things you can't control, but you can control, you need to get in shape. You need to drop some excess weight and strengthen your core. And so I started trying to do that and ended up dropping 40 pounds. And yet through all of that, I still love chocolate cake. And when I see it, I wanna eat it. And yet I started to do something I'd never done before. When I would look at it, it would kickstart a craving. I'm gonna eat that. It would get my mind's attention, stir my affections. I'm gonna unite my will with that chocolate cake. And then what I would do is say, you know, I can eat that. I totally can, and there's nothing wrong with it. I said, but if I continue to make these kinds of decisions, I'm not gonna be in the place I need to be health-wise. And for me, there was a lot of risks associated with that. And so I started to think about, do I wanna be able to hold my little babies? Do I wanna be able to play soccer with them? 
Do, do I want to be able to, to engage with them physically at all? And I would think about that. If I make this decision here, a cascading effect downstream is a loss down there. And as I held that up, what do I want more? Chocolate cake or holding my kids? The cake lost its allure. It actually became an enemy. How dare you keep me from my children? And it became easier to say no when I peered downstream. In Alcoholics Anonymous, they call it thinking through the drink. When you're feeling stress, when it alleviate discomfort, for an alcoholic, it's alcohol that promises to do that, to chemically alter how we feel. And it will allure us. Just take one sip, it'll alleviate this pain, it'll bring some pleasure, you'll know when to say no, you can exercise willpower later. And that's such a powerful, compelling argument that one of the disciplines that you create in recovery is to say, wait a minute, that allure sounds convincing, but let me think through the drink. If I start here, am I really gonna stop with one? And what happens next? And where will I be? And what choices will I make? And for many people, they say, you know, I've been down that road before and I see where it leads. I've gotten into that boat and it's crashed into the rocks. I've jumped into the back seat with that girl and we had a child called death. I don't wanna do that anymore. The book of Proverbs encourages the young man to do that as he thinks about sexual temptation. He tells them, hey, don't go near the door of her house. And then he lists off every bad outcome. Hey, think about her husband. Think about the financial ruin. Think about all the damage. Load your mind with the thoughts of the negative consequences because it'll make her look a lot less attractive in the cold light of day. One of the best weapons we have to fight a bad habit, to kill an addiction, to make war on a sin, is to peer downstream. Do you feel frustrated by a pattern of personal failures, overwhelmed by a chaotic culture, or disillusioned by a lack of meaning in everyday life? Your struggles do not mean you're doomed. They're actually a sign that you are alive. Now it's a question of whether you will struggle well. Rest in War is a Field Guide, a book of ancient methods of transformation transposed into a modern key that offers biblical and practical guidance to battle what's holding you back while building what will propel you forward, to trade patterns of thinking that diminish intimacy with God for ones that encourage it. Life is hard, but there are promises to grip, strategies and tactics to employ, progress to be made. Flee evil and pursue intimacy with your Creator. Uproot what is broken and cultivate what is life-giving. Make war on what is destructive and rest in the God who loves you. Are you ready to walk elegantly through the battlefield of life? Order Rest in War today at restinwar.com. Thanks for listening to the Passion Daily Podcast. And don't forget to rate and review our podcast wherever you stream it. You can also subscribe to the Passion City Church and Passion City Church DC podcasts for our full messages every Monday.